this dude, um, great guy. And he was like, yeah, you know, even though you don't have a lot of experience, I'll fund it. Um, at the time I was paying four points and 12%. So it was okay. super expensive, but yeah. you know, whatever you, you got to pay what you got. You got to pay to play. You're listening to the, we love equity real estate show, a podcast that discuss the intricacies of real estate investing with your host, Marcus E. Maloney. Marcus is a real estate investor best known for being the equity king. He's been awarded that moniker because he and his team find amazing real estate deals. He will be talking with investors who have done some transformational things in the real estate industry. They'll discuss their process, their strategies, and how their investments transform their lives and the communities they invest in. We welcome you to the We Love Equity Real Estate Show. Hello, guys. Welcome to another show. Welcome to another episode of the We Love Equity Real Estate Show. And today we have Ryan Pineda on the on the line. Ryan is an awesome wholesaler and real estate investor out of the Las Vegas, Nevada area. So you know what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. But <laughs> Ryan is going to share a little bit of his, his insights with us on, you know, how he's doing 100 deals a year, how he scaled from one or two deals all the way up to a hundred deals a year. So Ryan has flipped hundreds of homes to former, former baseball player, uh, best-selling author, owner real estate brokerage, owner CPA firm, um, and has over 30 plus rentals. So Ryan, man, welcome to the show. How you doing? I'm happy to be here, man. Thanks for having me. All right, man. So tell me, give me your background and let the listeners know how you got started um, how you went from, you know, baseball player into major flipper. Yeah, man. So uh, I, I won't touch on my story too long, but, um, you know, essentially back in 2010, I was coming out of college. I just got drafted to play baseball by the Oakland A's. And for those who don't know, the minor leaguers, they don't make crap. You know, we make like 1200 bucks <laughs> a month. So um, I was like, dude, I need an off-season job. And I ended up getting my real estate license because that was something I could do on my own time and, you know, not have to work a nine to five. I could still train for baseball and do all that. So I got licensed at 21 years old and didn't have a mentor or anything. I just was like, well, all right, well, I guess I'll figure this out. Um, you know, my mom was kind of my de facto mentor because she had been a realtor for a really long time. And, um, you know, she taught me the ropes of just how a transaction goes. But um, as far as like generating leads and, you know, getting deals done, I had to just kind of wing it. So um, back then in 2010, it was super difficult as a realtor, as everyone knows, like prices were super low, nobody was buying, everyone was in foreclosure. It was like pretty much the worst time you could get started as a realtor. So I wish I would have been an investor back then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if I would have known that, I would have been, I would have probably quit baseball and just, you know, Stuck been crazy. Yeah, but um, no, so after a few years of being a realtor and kind of tough conditions, I gave up. I was like, this sucks. Um, my baseball career, I was focused on that anyway. And so I started just flipping couches and like all this crap on Craigslist to make money. And I was doing really good at it. Wait, um, wait, wait. You said flipping couches? Yeah, man. So after I got out of, well, I, I kept my license, but I stopped, you know, practicing. And okay. um, I was like, well, I need a job in the off season. Like, what am I going to do? I'm still only making 1200 bucks a month. And so I had this idea with my wife. Um, we had just moved into, well, we just got married and we just moved into our first apartment. 
And so I bought all the furniture used and okay. I got a great deal on all of it. And I was like, dude, I bet you I could sell all this for two to three times as much as I paid. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to try it. And so I bought a couch that I knew was a good deal, just threw it in our apartment and then relisted it, sold it, made a couple hundred bucks. And I was like, dude, this is tight. Right. And right. so pretty easy, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so then I ended up uh, buying a truck, a little $1,500 truck on Craigslist and made a business out of it. You know, I ended up getting storage units to store it, ended up kind of building my first business, like with systems and hiring a guy to help me deliver stuff and pick up stuff. And Wow. That business was really good. I mean, we were making anywhere from six to eight grand profit a month. And um, the problem was, I just was like, dude, this, you know, I don't want to do this my whole life. And (laughs) I was pretty much, and I, that was my first experience with realizing like the, the scale of like, dude, I've reached the ceiling of what I could do here. You know, I'm buying everything I can possibly buy. Like what's the next step? I mean, I could do it in other cities, but that's super difficult to do. Right. You know, so I didn't know it at the time, but I was learning all these business principles for later on. And um, eventually around 2015, uh, my baseball career was kind of coming to a close and the flipping couches stuff was paying the bills and I was super grateful for it. But I finally was like, dude, what am I going to do? So I prayed to God. I was like, God, what do you want me to do? Um, I was on our one year anniversary with my wife and I won't get into all the details of it, but mm-hmm. um, eventually I found bigger pockets and um, I learned that you could flip houses with no money. And well, the main thing that you just want to jump in here real quick, Ryan, the main thing that you, you had was you had that hustler's mentality, man. You was right. like, Hey, I got to find something to do. I got to find a way to eat. Let me figure this out. And he was like, okay, well, let me take this gamble. Hey, if I could flip a couch, you know, how come I can't flip a TV or a table or something like that? So yeah, that definitely right. takes that, that hustler mentality and you didn't just sit on the sideline and say, well, let me just get out here and try and find a job. Right. And I've never like done that. You know, I'm like, man, I need to go find a job or and I'm, I'm like, how can I make money? You know? And yep. um, yeah. And then houses was a natural progression because as a realtor, I understood value and I understood getting a good deal. It was just, I didn't have money to buy it. That was the only thing holding me back. And so in 2015, I still didn't even really know about wholesaling. I had heard Mm -hmm. of it and I was like, that seems too good to be true. I don't know that I, (laughs) you know, believe that, but I did learn about hard money and I was like, hard money is what I've been looking for. You know, I could fix and flip for sure. And so ended up um, meeting a hard money lender here and I was like, I'm just going all in as a flipper. And so how did, how did um, you find, how did you find that hard money lender? Google. I just was like Las Vegas, hard money lenders and, you know, called every one of them. Simple as that. Yeah, dude. Um, great guy. And he was like, yeah, you know, even though you don't have a lot of experience, I'll fund it. Um, at the time I was paying four points and 12%. So it was super expensive, but you know, whatever you you gotta pay what you gotta, you gotta pay to play. Yeah, you was you was getting in the game, man. And that's and right. that's what I tell people. They well, I don't know where to find a hard money lender. I don't know where to find, you know, an aggressive uh attorney or a real estate agent. You know, Google is right there. Just ask. You know, and, and that's just what you did. Right. It's crazy. You know, back when I started in 2010, social media wasn't what it was today, you know, and even you people didn't have money, you know, hard money lenders weren't just like open and available like they are today, 10 years ago. So yeah, now I would say in today's climate, no one has an excuse, you know, 
it's much different. But anyway, so, you know, I, I meet this guy and he's like, I'll fund you. If you find a deal, you need, you need 20% down. And I was like, well, I don't have 20%. Um, so mm-hmm. I ended up maxing out all my credit cards to, I cash advanced them all. Okay. And I got 50 grand from all my credit cards. Luckily I had great credit and no debt. So I'd done something right. And, right. um, but once I maxed them all out, I had bad credit for years, but anyways, that's beyond the point. Um, so I found my first deal, like maybe a month, month and a half later and bought it. How and did you, how did you find that deal, Ryan? The very first deal I bought, I found it on Craigslist and just wholesaler was advertising. And I was like, these numbers look pretty good. So, okay. um, you so know, you, ended up meeting him there and he, uh, was also a flipper, um, who just was out of capital and he ended up being like a nice little mentor for me, um, at, at that time, because I, I was new and I was trying new things and, you know, I was like, what would you do on this house? And he was like, here's what I would do if I was flipping it. And, you know, I kind of leaned on him for, you know, my first year in the business, like, Hey, you know, I got this property. What do you think? And, you know, he was gracious enough to help me out. Um, so you so, found that, you found that mentor by taking action. You found that mentor, you know, mm-hmm. that's what I, I can't remember the, the saying, but it says when the, when the student is ready to learn, the teacher will appear. You were ready to get out there and take action. And you just happened to find this wholesaler that had this deal. And now right. he's, he's coaching you for the next year. Right. Right. And you know, it wasn't like, you know, I was, you know, working firm or anything like that. And some people do go that route. It was just like, if I had a question that I didn't know the answer, you know, I could text phone. him. He was yep. going to help me out. And, um, you know, so I was grateful for that. And, um, you know, that first, you know, I bought that first deal. And then like a month later, I found another deal on the MLS and I had a little bit of money left. And so I called a different private money or hard money lender. I was like, Hey, like, I don't have much money, but I have a deal. Can you fund it? Like I need as little down payment as possible. He was like, yeah, just give me seven grand down and you could buy it. I was like, tight. So put seven grand down, bought it. And then that house ended up selling before the other house because it was just like a wholesale. Okay. And uh, so that very first one that sold, I ended up making 25 grand, like within 45 days. And I was like, this is crazy. So going back, Ryan, tell us what a hotel is for those who don't know. Yeah. um, Certain people have different definitions. For me, I consider a hotel something that you buy and do very minimal. You know, you might paint it, you might put carpet or you might just sell it the way it is and trash it out or whatever. Like, you know, but I wouldn't, you know, you're just you're getting it done within a week. Okay. So guys, a hotel is basically a deal that you found that was below market value and it had so much equity in it. You really didn't have to do anything to it. And you just, you know, list it back with an agent or put it on an MLS and somebody give you, you know, full market value for it. So, all right, sweet. So you, you got this hard money loan, maxed out credit cards, doing these two flips. And this is all within you know, a few years, right? No, that was within a few months. A few months. Okay. So, right. st- so let me, let me go back. So you started in 2010 and this is. Oh, oh. So in 2010, you know, I started as an agent, didn't really do any flips. Okay, I, gotcha. I had bought a personal residence and sold it, but I don't consider that, you know, the start okay. of my flipping career. 2015, when I found that hard money loan, that's when I personally think I started flipping. Okay. So why did you, so you found bigger pockets. Why did you say, okay, this is what I want to do. Although you went the agent route and you didn't like 
doing that, you know, what made right. you say, all right, I'm going to get into real estate this way? Yeah. And I think it goes back to what I just said with my primary. So when I became licensed, I ended up buying a primary residence and I sold it like two years later after I'd lived in it. It wasn't even a good deal. It was just, it appreciated. Right. And I sold it and made, you know, I don't even know we made like $30,000, $40,000. And um, me and my cousin bought it together. And so we split it. And I was like, yeah, this is cool. Like <laughs> I just okay. made some good money. And then, um, I ended up buying another primary and instead of living in it, I ended up um, selling it like six months later because I was like, dude, I got a good deal on this. Like, let's just sell it. So I made some money again, but those were just conventional loans. You know, I just appreciation and hey. getting a decent deal. You know, yeah, I didn't you, know what I was doing. You saw the opportunity. I mean, you, you and your cousin bought this property yeah, I, and you say, Hey, a year later, we bought it for X. It's worth Y. Let's cash out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I did not. I did not think I was going to be a flipper, you know, and then I had, so I had a little bit of history doing it. And then in 2015, I was like, well, I've had success doing this. Like, I know I could do this. I just need money. And yeah. so when I found bigger pockets and I learned about hard money, I was like, dude, I'm gonna crush this if, you know, this is legit. Okay. So you, you just, you really just took it seriously. At first, right. it was like, okay, this is my primary residence. Oh, I sold it. Look at how much I made. Now it's like, oh, I can really do this. Let me be serious about this. This can be a career. Yep, yep. And get educated and do it. So what were right. some of the struggles kind of getting started, you know, in 2015 that you ran into? Because I know I'm sure it wasn't all peaches and cream and all roses, right? No, no. I mean, obviously the first struggle, which <clears throat> for most people was money. And so back then I still didn't really know what wholesaling was. And so I'm just like, where do I get the money from? You know? And I didn't know anybody with money. My parents didn't have money. I didn't have family with money. And I was like, dude, the only way I could get money is maxing out my credit cards. And I was just like, I got to do what I got to do. And I think, okay. you know, nine out of 10 people won't take that risk. Right. Wow. And you know, when I tell people my story, I, and I speak and I'm like, guys, caveat, I am not telling you to do this. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm just telling you what happened, you know, and it's made me who I am definitely. And, um, I've always been very, I would say risky even today. It's like, all right, do we got to stretch ourselves a little bit to get this deal? Like, all right, let's do it. You know? Yep. yep. That's the only way you, you get to the next level, man, is you got to push beyond those comfort points and, and where you were comfortable at. So what would you right. tell somebody getting started now? If they wanted to be, fix and flip or wholesaler or, or whatever, what, what would you tell them in order to, you know, get into the game? Right. So I got this question so many times on social media and friends and family. And that was actually why I wrote my book. Um, so this is now what I tell people. I say, if you want to learn to do this game, just read my book because it's gotcha. literally, you can see it's pretty thin. It's a hundred pages. Like it's the, guidebook. And I don't, it, you know, it's not like one of these books that kind of leaves stuff out. And then, you know, we want to upsell you later. Like you can learn to flip just from reading that book. You don't need to be coached by me or go get someone else. Like all the steps are there. Now, granted okay. coaching and things have their value, but for those on a budget, that's the best resource that, you know, there is. And you'll learn the game from just and that. Was, and that's flip your future by Ryan Panea. Guys. Yep, it's on Amazon. Um, and actually, if you guys want it for free, you could go to futureflipper.com and I actually give it for free. But if you go to Amazon, you're going to pay 15 bucks. 
Okay. I'll make sure I put all of this information in the show notes, uh, Ryan. So now what was your tools that you use for lead generation? Because I know getting started in real estate, that's, that's the hardest thing, you know, outside of having the money, it's really finding the deals, you know? So how are you finding these deals? Um, Were you using any online resources, offline resources? How how are you finding these deals for you to invest in? Right. So, Obviously, I didn't have any money. You know, I needed it all for a down payment. Um, I think it's a complicated question in today's society because everyone wants to start out as a wholesaler. I would say maybe, you know, four out of five people want to start as wholesalers because they don't Mm -hmm. have money. And so everyone always asks, like, how should I market? How should I market? And there's a lot of ways you can market. But the way I started was the opposite. I started as a flipper and as a realtor. And so I knew how to find deals on the MLS. So that first year I pretty much bought every deal off the MLS um, and, you know, made money. And like I said, the very first one was a wholesaler. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, from there I bought five deals my first year, just no marketing, nothing. Okay. Next year wow. I go into 2016. Um, same deal. I'm like, I don't want to market. Like I'll just like, by then I knew what wholesaling was and all that. I fully understood it. And I'm like, I'll just find wholesalers in MLS. So I did that and bought 20. Um, Still wasn't wholesaling. I was just flipping. And then 2017, um, same deal. I did not market or anything. And I bought 50 homes in 2017, just with MLS and wholesalers. Wow. So basically you use MLS and your relationships to buy 50 deals in one year. Wow, right. that's amazing. So, guys, you hear it from Ryan. You got to get out there. You can't just sit behind your, commu- your computer. You got to get out there. You got to go and meet people. Got to go to some of these networking events. I'm not saying go to these seminars and, you know, whip out your credit card and spend $30,000 to a guru, but get out there and meet people. I mean, that's kind of one of the ways that I got started. I moved directly to Phoenix from Chicago. Didn't know anyone here. I just started going to the little seminars and boot camps and meeting people. And that's how I got started and and met Justin Colby and Gabe and them and them guys. So um, now you went from, because I know you, you, you missed a lot in there, Ryan. You went from one deal to two deal to five to 50. How did that transpire, man? How did, how did you go from one deal to five? Yeah. So kind of the evolution, I, I took a very like crazy path as a flipper. Cause you know, even after the 50, then we went to over 140 and then last year we did over a hundred. So like, I would say in my early years, um, you know, I did five and 20. I, I didn't change what I was doing. I just got better at it. You know, it was like, okay, okay I can understand what deals are going on now. Okay. I've made a little bit of money. Now I can put more down payments on hard money loan. Like I was doing the same thing I was doing. I was just maxing out credit cards, you know, not spending any of my profit, just reinvesting it into the next deal, into the next deal. And I think another thing I did that many people don't, besides not spending frivolously, you know, I didn't buy my Lambo yet. I don't have yeah. a Lambo. And I, you know, like I don't, I'm not going crazy, like just, oh man, I made 50,000 bucks, time to, you know, go crazy. Right, so splurge. I didn't do any of that. Yeah, I didn't splurge at all. And I still don't really do it today. Um, and I also didn't buy any rentals at that point. You know, I think a lot of people want to get in that passive income very early, too early in the game, in fact. Mm-hmm. And that's like, my philosophy is a little different than most. I'm like, guys, learn to flip and wholesale and do that effectively before you ever start 
buying rentals because you can rentals will always be there be if there. you can learn to yeah. find deals and you can learn to you know um, fix them up and all that you can buy rentals okay but once you stick your money into a rental you can't flip or do that yeah. anymore because your your money's stuck yeah. so i pretty much kept the cash moving is is the point and so it just kept snowballing and snowballing and i was able to buy more but in 2017 what happened for me that was the big key was i met my first private money lender um you know, I had already built a little bit of a resume those first two years, but by year three, um, I finally met someone with money and I go, Hey man, like, and I met him in Bible study. So we had a really good okay. relationship. Um, and I said, look, you know, if you want to invest, I'll pay you the same when I'm paying these hard money guys. So I was paying them three points and 12%, um, by that time. And I was like, but here's the deal. Money is my biggest issue still. If I want to scale this, I have to eliminate the money problem. Yep. And I was like, so I need deferred interest. I need hundred percent financing and I need you to pay rehab, you know, cause up to that point, my hard money was always a down payment or it was, Hey, I'm covering rehab and I'm stroking all these payments. So he was like, I'm totally fine with all that. He's like, I get it. Cause he's a business guy. He's like, I know cash mm -hmm. is always a young entrepreneur's biggest problem. And so he was really the only reason I was able to jump so quick because you know, from there I was like, all right, I'm buying every deal possible. So I bought every deal. And yep. then I was like, all right, I don't have enough contractors. <laughs> so I'm going to find more contractors. All right. Like, you know, and so. How, how did you have that, How did you have that conversation with him? That initial conversation? Was it, he just knew what you were doing and he wanted to be a part right. or how, how did that, how did that evolution take place? Yeah. So we had met at church maybe a year prior. Right. And so obviously when you get to meet someone like, what do you do? You know, I'm like, Hey, I, I flip houses, what I do. And he's like, yeah, you know, I'm retired. I sold my businesses. I trade stocks now. I was like, well, you know, if you ever want to invest in real estate, let me know if you don't want to trade stocks anymore. And so nothing really materialized. I didn't sales pitch or anything like that. Um, but I think from the year of getting to know him, he had continued to see what I was see what doing. doing. Um, yep. Right. And because, and that's something we can touch on later about social media and building social proof, but he had seen what I was doing. And um, he was like, after a year, he goes, Hey, you know, I want to talk to you about investing. And so we talked about, we, we played golf. I remember it like it was yesterday. And he goes, what is it you want? And, you know, we kind of talked about those terms I talked about and yeah. he goes, okay, you know, I'm going to start you off on $500,000. You know, that should get you two to three houses. That's a good said, blessing. Great. Yeah. And I go, <laughs> so, all right, perfect. I go, I will show you what we can do, you know, with these. And so those three flips went really quick. He goes, all right, I'm going to jump you to a million. I said, great, let's do it. You know, they're still moving quick. He's making a lot of money. I'm making a lot of money. He's like, you know what? I'm going to jump you to 2 million, you know, just wheeling and dealing. Uh -huh. He's like, hey, I got my friends. They want to invest. So friends come in and, yep. you know, it's it just all snowballs. And, um, you know, as your track record builds, as your reputation builds um, and you make more people money and, you know, everybody, you know, wants to start working with you. Yeah. And, yeah, and you know, oh, yeah. I just now I don't have a problem raising money. Like that's never an issue because now I have more money than I have deals. Like, you know, yeah. now it's just how do we get cheaper money and all that stuff. And that's one of the good things that you touched on there, Ryan, is that. You know, you had this relationship with him and your responsibility was to let me show this guy what I'm doing, how I'm doing it, and to give him a good return on his money. 
you know, right. so after, you know, two years, three years in doing this, you know, you, you have a hundred, uh, I mean, a million dollars liquid where you can go and buy all of these properties and that can go a long way in Vegas, you know? Like, yeah. Um, yeah. So, and then you provided that proof to him. And then he said, Hey, well, let me tell my buddies just in small talk, just in chat, you know, Hey, right. yeah, I'm working with this guy, you know, we're doing some flips and, you know, I'm getting 10, 12% on my money. Right. And it, well, let me get a part right. of that, you know, and yeah. that's, and that's how that, that's how that, yeah. that spawns in its, in its birth. So good job, man, for that, especially you being aggressive, you know, at such an early age in your investing career, you know, so, right. you know, from 2015 to 2019, you know, you got $2 million to play with you know, as far as, you know, building, building your strategy, that's, that's an excellent position to be in. Yeah. Yeah. We, we raised that money really quick. And now it's, like I said, we pretty much have unlimited capital to buy deals. And so, you know, it's a blessing for sure. Okay. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure your hard money lenders hated to see you go, but you know, you they had did. to take your business elsewhere. <laughs> right. And I tell people all the time now, I'm like, Hey, you know, cause I get asked for referrals and I always refer them. I go, Hey, he might be a little more expensive than these nationwide guys now, but I tell you what, he'll take care of you. And, you know, if you got problems with down payment stuff, he'll, he'll find a way to make the deal work. So I've referred him a lot of business too. Perfect. Perfect. So, um, in regards to how you were finding these deals and how you were doing this, how did your license, cause you still, you're still a licensee, correct? Not anymore. I gave it up a year ago. I okay. own a brokerage, but I'm not licensed. Okay. Wow. That's different. Okay. <laughs> I don't want the lie. I don't want the liability. Yeah. So, so tell me about that. Tell me about that difference. You know, I know you said you don't want the liability, but it seems like it would be a benefit to you because you can say, Hey, all right, the properties that we flip, we can turn around and list. So is right, that still right. what you guys are doing or? Yep. So um, we're still majority fix and flip. And um, you know, I was licensed for, I think, nine years. And like I said, I gave it up last year because I realized I don't really need a license at this point. Like, I don't have normal clients. Like, I'm not like out there prospecting and trying to mm -hmm. do retail. Um, yes, we list them all and we list them at my brokerage and it builds brand recognition and credibility. But um, I have a partner at the brokerage um, who's the broker and he's basically the integrator and does everything over there. And so, I told him, you know, the day I was ready to drop my license, I go, Hey, you know, well, actually the day before we ever opened the brokerage, I go, look, here's my vision for all of this. Like, I don't want to be the best realtor in Las Vegas. I want to be the best investor. Okay. And I want you to be the best broker in Vegas. And the way we're going to do that is this, I'm going to funnel all my listings to you. You're going to be, you're going to build up your brand and name like instantly because of this. And it's happened, you know, and um, it's better for him to gain the recognition and to, you know, get all of that, those transactions and other things. And I don't worry about it at all. I mean, he does a great job. Like he sells all the properties. I don't even know they sell like freaking, you know, we make <laughs> our money and he's got my best interest at heart. And, you know, the brokerage is well taken care of and growing the way that it should. So um, it's worked out great. And at that point, it was just like, well, I don't even need a license at this point. I own a brokerage. Like if I have to refer a listing out or refer, like the brokerage will make money. Right, right. Well, that's good, man. So we're going to take a break real quick, Ryan. And when we come back, I want to talk about your best and your worst deal. So be prepared to 
jump into that. Sounds good. PropString is the industry's number one tool for locating distressed properties and connecting with highly motivated sellers. With 100% coverage across the U.S., PropString provides a deep dive into any property-specific details, making it easy to generate lists of distressed properties and contact to the owners. No other product or service can compare. Gain access to MLS property details like expired listings. You can pull accurate comps, even sale prices in non-disclosure states. This information is typically reserved for licensed real estate professionals, but is also available to you in PropStream. Gain access to unlimited nationwide property search, comparable home sales targeted marketing lists, and owner contact lookup, built-in marketing tools, hundreds of filters to search and sort leads. Start your free seven-day trial now by going to proud.propstreampro.com slash we love it. All right, coming back, Ryan. Um, you, you've scaled to doing all of these deals, you know, 10 plus deals a month. You know, tell me about that worst deal. Tell me about that deal you know, <laughs> that you're like, oh, I learned so much from this deal because of all of these mistakes. So let's kind of dig into that deal, man. Yeah. You know, what's funny is like, we tend to dwell on the bad ones, um, better, more than the good ones. Like I could tell you, like, as far as best deal net profit wise, we wholesaled one for 98,000, you know, and there ain't, I don't even know what happened. My team did it and we made the money. So I couldn't even give you the good story on it. Um, <laughs> hey, that's, that's good, a good position to be in. Make 98 grand and don't know how it happened. I really couldn't tell you how it happened. Um, and we've had other big rips close to that, but as far as net goes, that's the best. Um, but I would say our, our, my favorite deal is this apartment complex I own here in Vegas. Um, I personally negotiated that one. So I know exactly what happened. Okay. And, um, you know, how this many guy, units? how many doors? It's a 10 unit. Okay. So, um, he's out in Cali owned the p complex for like 15 years. Um, he was a tax lien and we had talked with him for months and I go, what do you want for this? And, um, honestly, I didn't even really know commercial. Like I honestly didn't really know what it was worth too much, but you know, he's like, uh, I want 400,000. And I'm like, okay, what's up with this condition? The tenants, nobody's paying rent. You know, there's people are selling AKs and like, I'm not lying. <laughs> it was crazy. Like, and all this stuff. And then I go to walk it. I can't get in cause it's scary, dude. Right. Right. And, um, I see from the outside that it looks like one of the units is burnt down. And so, um, sure enough, wow. I, I, I look at, I pull the window up and it's just burnt to a crisp. And, um, I take pictures for this guy. I go, Hey dude, I, do you have any idea like yeah. what's going on with this? And he's like, <laughs> right. no, and I go, dude, <laughs> you have a totally burnt down unit, all this stuff. He's like, you know, in shock. And so I say, dude, I'll give you 200,000 for this property. Like I don't, it, I was like evicting 10 units is going to be a nightmare. Yeah, yeah. This place needs a full rehab, all that stuff. So we end up you know, he's like, no, I can't take that. I can't take that after a month. You know, we negotiate for like a month. And finally we come to this agreement of, Hey, you know, I'm going to buy it for 300,000 and he's going to sell or finance me for 10 years. And all I have to pay is the tax liens. And so he owed about 15,000. So okay. I pay off his tax liens. Um, that's it. That's my down payment. He seller finances me $300,000 and I don't have to make him payments for three years. So I negotiated that because I was like, I don't know when I'm going to start making money on this. Like yeah. I got to evict these guys to fix it. He was like, I get it. 
you know, three years, you don't have payments. After that, you have seven years at 5% interest only. So I'm like, great. So Still a good deal. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. So I, I end up finally evicting all the tenants after like six or eight months. Cause what would happen was we would evict someone and then they would go move into a different unit. Different unit. It was like, Squatting. it was a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. and so we finally evicted everyone. We finally, you know, got everyone out. We renovated it. And now it's producing great cash flow. After about a year, you know, we finally got it stabilized. Each unit's renting for six to 700. Um, and I don't have a payment, you know, I'm making six, mm -hmm. seven grand a month free and clear. And, um, you know, it took about, I would say 200,000 to fully renovate it the way that okay. we wanted. And, um, you know, so we're all in it for about five and I think it's worth about 800,000. So to Sweet. me that, you know, that's our best deal. Cause I'm going to, you know, make six grand a month for the next two more years, um, while it's free yeah. interest. And then even after that, at 5% of 300,000 is like 1250 a month in payment. So, you it's know, my nothing. cash flow. Yeah. yeah. There's nothing. So that, and that's you got a favorite deal. And you got a, a complete appreciating asset that's been recently renovated, you know? So yeah, that's Tax a good deal. Benefits, all the stuff that goes with it. How did so you guys, how did on. you, how did you find that one? Because, you know, I'm assuming it was off market. So actually it was totally random because we weren't marketing for commercial. Um, this guy, he just owned a house and we had cold called him and he was like, no, I don't want to sell that house, but I got this apartment I would sell. And so my Sweet. team was like, all right, well, tell me the details. And like I said, I didn't even know what it was worth. You know, I think I was just, I give you 200,000. I don't think I can lose <laughs> you know, like, right. for 10 units. just throw you something out there. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, it worked. So it goes to show, too, like, you don't need to know everything. Like, you can make deals and figure it out as you go. Yep, yep. And and also with that, you know, you were looking for single families. And I guess your lead manager or whatever was like, okay, well, yeah, you don't have a single family, but tell me more about this multifamily. Let's kind of dig into that and see what we can come up with. Although you guys right. didn't know much about multifamily, you still got the information. And then you said, well, we're going to figure it out. Got to be something here, you know, especially once you saw the condition. It's like, hey, right. man, it's something here. So that's right. that's good. That's good. Yep. So what about this worst deal, man? <laughs> oh, where do you want to begin, man? <laughs> um, you know, I've had so many bad deals. Um, you know, we, we could talk all day about the big ones and the, um, you know, the normal ones. But, you know, I've lost. 20 to 30 grand on many, many deals. Um, okay. I think at this point in my career, you know, I've bought over 300 homes and, you know, last year was the first year I had significant losses on a lot of deals. Um, and okay. mainly because we had a market shift in Vegas and, you know, things just started sitting for a long time. We had to drop prices. Um, you know, it was the first year I ever really had like a flat, you know, stale market. And so okay. up until that point, you know, I'm 15 to 18, it's just pure appreciation. Right. And so it hit a lot of mistakes and 18, especially in 18, Vegas had the most appreciation in the nation. So I got into bad habits of having unlimited money. So I'm like, I could buy anything. And then also, you know, buying a house and then later reselling it for 20 grand more than I thought. And so I was, you know, 20 grand deals were turning into 40, 40 right. you know, and then deals that went over budget, um, 
that, you know, whatever I would have broke even on, I was still making 20. And so I, all my mistakes were hidden. I was just buying everything, dude. Yeah. And then, um, you know, what ended up happening towards the end of the uh, year in 2018, we started to see the slowdown. And that was actually what got me into wholesaling was I was like, well, you know, we need to start like doing something yeah, different with, <laughs> yeah, because these aren't selling, you know, now I was expecting this cash flow to come in and now it's not. So we need to get some quick cash. And so it, it was a blessing in disguise because it led to us wholesaling, which has okay. been good as well. Um, just adding that piece to our business. But um, all of those deals I ended up buying in the winter ended up being bad deals because they took six to nine months to sell. And when you got interest payments and all that yeah. stuff, because my lenders, you know, they're still, you know, on interest-based loans. Like, so at the end of the day, they're going to make their money regardless. Like if right. we don't do what I thought, I'm paying the price. And so I had many, many deals where I lost, you know, 20 grand, 30 grand, 10 grand. And, you know, we lost hundreds of thousands on bad deals last year. So, so what, yeah, was, you your, what was your mindset going through that, going through those losses? You know, it was humbling because you end up making millions throughout your career, you know, and you think you're invincible. And then you finally have, you know, that first, like losing season. You know, I had heard of it with other, I'm like, okay, these investors, they lost all their money in 07, 08, right? Yep. And you hear about it. And, you know, I'm like, okay, that ain't going to be me. And then you right. finally, <laughs> you lose and you're like, man, like, okay, I'm, you know, and now, and it was great to see because it was basically like a, you know, I can't even call it a recession, but just like a taste of what a dip looks dip like. Look like. Okay. Right. Cause I'd never tasted it. And so, um, you know, I don't want anyone to feel bad for me. We still made a lot of money despite that. Um, and it was just such a great learning lesson and it helped me get more disciplined. And so that's why we bought less deals in 19 than we did in 18, because it was like, well, you know, these sketchy deals, we ain't, we ain't buying them. Like, right, right. you know, I was buying those in 18, but you know, no more. Yeah. And it helped you, you know, you had to pivot. So it was like, okay, well, we can't continue down this track. Let's pivot and see what this wholesaling is like. And right. you became very successful at that. So with that pivot, um, Ryan, how did that pivot take place? I know you went through, you know, the dip where you just finding those same deals that were on the MLS and then just wholesaling them or were you doing right. some marketing then? So 2018 was the first year we started marketing. So um, like I was talking about from 15, 16, 17, I got them all off wholesalers and MLS, right? And then I actually retired from baseball in 17. So middle of 17. So I was actually playing baseball still while I was doing all this. Wow. Okay. And um, once I retired and I obviously had success in real estate, I was like, all right, I'm going to do this legit. Like now I'm fully devoted to real estate. So that was when I was like, I'm opening a brokerage. I'm getting an office for the first time. I'm, you know, doing it the way that I want to do it because I'm devoted. And so in 18, I said, all right, we're going to start marketing. That's the only way we can do a hundred plus. Cause that was my goal. Okay. And so we started marketing. I hired in-house cold callers. I, you know, did all the different channels and, you know, we had success. We ended up buying way more through all the ways we've always bought wholesalers and MLS, but now we added marketing to the fold too. Okay. So was, um, was cold calling your primary marketing source? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cold calling is our primary one. Um, I had in-house guys and then I eventually transitioned to VAs. Um, okay. So that was our bread and butter for pretty much all of 2018. But um, as we got into that dip, um, I ended up 
you know, seeing what was happening. I'm like, all right, these things aren't selling. They're not selling. I'm like, we got to make a switch. Like let's wholesale anything we can, you know? So we ended up, um, you know, starting to blast out all of the deals we got, whether they were in house, whether it was an MLS deal or whatever. And, you know, there were people that wanted them. And so I said, all right, we'll sell these. And, you know, that'll help us with our cash flow issue and, um, you know, all that. And it's been a great source since. And I've kind of adjusted my business model because of it um, okay. to something kind of different now. So how did, um, how did it go with the VAs? Because I know it can be a little challenging sometimes finding the right VAs and staying on top of them and managing them and things like that. How did you, how did you do that? Yeah. So, uh, not very well. Um, (laughs) you know, it's funny because I, I've been in, this is my sixth year investing full time, 11th year in real estate. And so you would think like, man, this guy who's had success, um, and been in it for a while, like should like have everything dialed in and perfect. And it's not the case. Like, you know, for one, this is really only our third year actually marketing. And so I tell my students and other people all the time, like if you choose to market, it's a whole nother beast. All right. It's, it's not real estate investing. It's a different business. And it's advertising and and sales. That's all it is. And um, so, you know, when I started, I'm like, Oh man, like I see these other wholesalers, they're just, you know, getting it so simple. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the way it looks. It looks like it's so easy, so easy in the beginning, but a lot of people don't know what's going on on the back end, you know, as far as lining up people, managing and making sure you follow, you know, these protocols and making sure you get in the mail out or getting on the phone, doing these cold calling. Um, so with that being said, this was only your third year marketing. How did it go? What, um, what was the yeah, so, guys using scripts? What, what what were you doing for for the people that's looking to get into cold calling? Yeah, so when I first started, I literally thought it was going to be the simplest thing ever. I'm like, okay, these wholesalers who I don't think are that talented or smart are getting deals. Like, perfect. I'll just hire a bunch of guys, give them a list, and let's roll. And so that's what I did. No scripts, no training, nothing. And <laughs> <laughs> it's funny looking back at it, but um, surprisingly we got deals, you know, I, I just had guys who were able to push through it even with bad coaching and training and, okay. you know, systems. And so for 2018, the first year, that was our big learning curve was like, all right, you know, I did the in-house. I ended up hating it because I hated just these guys cold calling all day in front of me. And it was annoying yeah. and managing them. I switched to VAs way cheaper and I ended up getting the same results for way less. So VAs were great. And I realized with VAs, you need like a local guy to manage them. So, you know, we, we found a local guy who ended up recruiting other cold callers and, you know, he makes his spread off everyone he manages and, you know, it's a great thing. So, you know, that's how we've always run our cold calling and we've had as many as 15 cold callers. And now I think we have like five. So, you know, I've made the mistake of thinking, oh, if I just get more cold callers, then it's more yeah. deals. And yeah. it doesn't work that way. Um, in the end, it's really always still about accountability and quality. And even with the five, like the five we have now are the best five that have, you know, we did themselves out and they do just as good because the other 10 were, you know, not good. Yeah. Laggers versus you guys. That's good. You guys were able to pull out the leaders and and really get rid of the laggers. So 
now with the with the wholesaling are you guys keeping any of those deals and you're you're flipping you know yeah. cherry picking from the good ones so kind of this is how i was getting at with my model changing um when i first started wholesaling because people knew me as a big flipper they're like why are you wholesaling this what's wrong with the deal blah 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 yeah. i'm like yeah i'm like guys skeptics like, yeah i'm like there's nothing wrong with it like this is just something we're going to be doing you know going forward and it was like a few months before people like were like all right we'll buy deals like right. you know like cuz we kept sending them out and they're like okay this this is a regular thing so that was kind of funny making that switch um but no, now our model is pretty simple. And this is what I tell people so that it's like, okay, I'm not cherry picking good deals or whatever. I look at it like this. Like if I'm buying off the MLS or from a wholesaler, almost 90% of the time I'm taking it down myself, you know, mm -hmm. mainly because there's not enough meat to meat, really yeah. do anything with it. So most of the time I'm taking it down myself. Um, on the marketing side, those are usually the meatiest deals. And so we blast them out no matter what. Okay. So we will always blast it out. And I myself as the flipper have to, you know, offer what I would offer. And that's how we determine our assignment fee for these guys and how they get paid. Gotcha. So it's just fair. You know, if I'm not the highest offer, then it is what it is. It is like yeah. we're selling it to someone else. And so um, that's how we look at it. And then the other way I look at it is for instance, I've got to make three to one if I'm going to flip it. And so if the assignment fee is um, 5,000, let's just say, but I can make 15 or more flipping it, I'm going to flip it. Flip. You know, okay. if the assignment's 20 K and I'd make 35 K flipping it, well, let's just assign it, you know? Yeah. It, so Edge that's kind of how we do it. Right. So okay. if it's not three to one, I'm flipping it. Okay. That's a, that's a good, good model. Okay. Yeah. And then, now, making that transition from flipper to wholesaler, like you said, some of the buyers were were a little skeptical. Where did you right. Where did you find your buyers list? How did you build that buyers list? Because you was a flipper, you didn't need, you know, buyers. Right. right. So, I mean, I knew the big players in town. I mean, you got to know your competition. Yeah. But um, really, in Vegas, it's it's a pretty it's a big city, but it's a small town, man. I mean there's a few guys doing volume and everyone else is pretty much just, you know, doing a couple here or there. Gotcha. So it's like, I would guess 80% of the deals are going to flow through me and three other guys, you know? Okay. So it's not hard to sell them. Um, but yeah, I mean, as a wholesaler, obviously you want to get maximize every deal. So yeah, finding those one-off guys who, you know, will pay a lot for one is, is important, but um, starting out, it wasn't hard to find a buyer's list. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. Cause I know quite a few people have that, have that question, you know, what should I find first, the deal or the buyer? You know, I say, Hey, try and do both at the same time. Why go either or, you know? So, well, Ryan, right now we're going to roll into our hot seat, man. I'm going to put you on a hot seat. I want you to answer these questions as quickly as possible. Um, you gave us a lot of content, a lot of information here, which I'm going to make sure we have all of this information down in the show notes plus how to get in contact with you if people got any questions. But let's roll into the hot seat right now, man. All right, so starting over, what would you do different? Um, back in 2010, I would have gotten the investing game. I wouldn't have became a realtor. <laughs> okay, gotcha. <laughs> uh, what is your greatest commodity outside of capital? 
Um, I would, I would say my ability to build relationships. Um, that is what's built my business from the beginning, you know, building relationships with agents, with wholesalers, with lenders, like I'm so big on relationships. Um, I think a lot of people nowadays are, um, focused on the marketing side of things. And like you said, being behind the computer and doing like, no, get out there and freaking meet people. That's what it's about. Yep. Uh, what drives your ambition? Dude, you know, this is a tough question to ask. Um, you know, you could get deep and say family and, um, you know, providing and, you know, serving and doing all these things. Um, but I'll tell you like really deep down, like what gets me up in the morning every day is just like my competitive nature and my nature to improve every day with, you know, that's how I was as an athlete. Like I wanted to get better every day. I wanted to be in the big leagues. I wanted to work on my body, work on my swing, work on my skill. And once I retired, it's like, you do that for 27, 28 years, you don't just all of a sudden not, you not know, have, do that. Right. Yeah. And so I'm like, all right, well, how do I become the best investor there is, you know? And it's like, okay, well, I'm just going to work on myself. I'm going to work on building relationships, mastering marketing, mastering all aspects of this business. How do we get better at construction management? How do we do all of these things to the best we can? And I just am like so driven on improving my business, myself, um, every day, because then that leads to all the other stuff. It leads to providing for my family, to serving my community, to helping others, to all the other answers that you would typically see. Okay. All right. Sounds great. So what do you believe is your greatest challenge? You know, when you scale to me anyways, the greatest challenge is when you hit your first ceiling. And we had that happen last year, um, you know, where we experienced all this growth, five flips, 20 flips, 50 flips, 140 flips. And then we, we have our first dip, right? Yep. So we finally hit our first ceiling and I'm like, how do we break through this? Like, yeah. what do we do to get to 200 deals, you know? And so I hired a consultant. I joined a mastermind. I did things to get out of my comfort zone again. And um, we totally revamped how we, we do things in our corporate structure and, you know, I would say now, you know, once we've hit that ceiling, we have a game plan for breaking through. And, you know, it involves having better systems, having better people. You know, we've gotten to where we've gotten kind of winging it. But, you know, there are people who've already done way more than I've done. So yeah. it's like, why not just steal their structure, you know, and hire yeah. them to tell you how they did it? Yeah, that's it. You know, why blaze the trail when somebody else blazed it? Just following their footsteps. Right, Sweet. right. <laughs> so what's the latest business or real estate book that you've read, man, that you would recommend someone getting started? Yeah, so I actually just read Atomic Habits, and I was Sweet. blown away by that. Um, I was telling everybody about it on Instagram and everything. Like, I love that book. That's one of my top five now, for sure. Okay. And you know what? I have to read it. I haven't read it yet. I had another guest, John Kasman. Um, out of Cincinnati, and he really rec highly recommended it. So I'm gonna put this back on the list, man. Atomic Habits. Yep, you hear it twice. It's, you know, that's confirmation. Shame on, shame on you, right? Yep, yep. That's confirmation, man. <laughs> so what yep. do you? What is the characteristic? One characteristic that you believe investors need to have in order to be successful? Hmm. Picking one's tough, but. Um, I would say resourcefulness. Well, you know, my, my typical answer is discipline, right? I, I've said that on many podcasts and interviews, like 
discipline, right? You got to be disciplined mm-hmm. to do the same thing every single day without fail. How many calls are you going to make? How many people are you going to meet? All that stuff. Cause this, this game gets boring. You know, you do the same crap every day. Like yep, yep. you have to learn to love it um, and all that to grow. But you know, the other one is resor- <laughs> resourcefulness, um, you know, because you don't know what it takes as you keep moving along. Like, you know, you know, how you got to where you're at, but you haven't experienced where you're going. And so you have to be resourceful um, and know that, you know, I'm going into the unknown. I don't know how I'm going to navigate it, but I'm going to yep. figure it out. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. So Ryan, man, I want to appreciate it. So tell me, how can our guests find you, you know, you on Instagram, Twitter, where are you at, man? And so <laughs> reach out to you. Yeah. So, um, I'm on Facebook and Instagram. I post a lot on Instagram. Um, if you go to all-star investor, you can uh, find me on Instagram. Um, and like you, we talked about, I have a few different businesses. Um, if you're interested in coaching or, you know, um, stuff like that, you can go to futureflipper.com. If you're an agent in Vegas, you know, we've got the brokerage, like I said, and, uh, that's forever home realty. And, um, you mentioned my CPA firm. We just launched that, um, a month ago, you know, that, that was kind of out of necessity for all, you know, I think every, everyone obviously pays taxes. And, um, I think from what I've seen in this business, it's probably the biggest need that most investors every year are asking, who's your CPA? You know, and everyone's books are always jacked up. Um, nobody can properly keep them right. And so, um, I ended up partnering with my accountant because I saw this over and over. Oh, so yeah. if you guys are interested in um, bookkeeping or tax returns or CFO services, you guys can go to truebookscpa.com. Okay. Truebookscpa.com. And yep. what's your, your social handles? All-Star Investor. All-Star Investor. So you guys got it. I'll make sure I have all of this information down in the show notes. Don't forget to go and get the book, Flip Your Future by Ryan. I'll make sure I have a link to that in the show notes as well, man. You guys bombard Ryan, bombard Ryan, you know, help him out, you know, get some information from him. He's definitely a professional, you know, in the, in the baseball world and in, in the flipping world. So if you got those questions that you need answered, make sure you reach out to Ryan. Ryan, lastly, before we go, man, any last words you would like to give our listeners? Yeah, I guess I forgot to mention the most important thing. Like if you guys are doing deals in Vegas or Tucson or, you know, you want to partner up or you want to wholesale, hit me up. That's the main business. All those other ones, you know, they're great, but um, I'm an investor first and foremost. All right. You heard that. So hit Ryan up. He's willing to partner with you on some deals. You never know. He said Tucson and Vegas. He might do some things in Atlanta, Memphis, Nashville. (laughs) Callie, you never know. So just hit them up and um, we'll see where it goes. So Ryan, I want to appreciate you, man, talking to the We Love Equity listeners. And guys, you know to always remember to enjoy the journey. Signing off. Thanks, guys. All right, guys. So that was Ryan Panea out of Las Vegas, Nevada. He's doing big things out there, guys. So make sure you, you know, go to the show notes. Look at his information, get the book, flip your future, especially if you want to learn. Why not learn from somebody that was doing, you know, 100 deals a year flipping and now doing quite a bit of wholesaling. So, again, this is Marcus Maloney. This is the We Love Equity Show signing off.
love for you to um, get in contact with me. You know how to reach me. We always have the 15 minute free consultation for you also to answer any questions. So uh, feel free and love to talk to you and we will see you on next week. Thank you for listening to today's show. I picked up some great actionable items and I'm sure you did as well. If so, let me know. You can always reach me via social media at facebook.com slash MRCS Maloney, Twitter at MRCS Maloney, and of course, IG at MRCS Maloney. You can also always reach me via email at mmaloney at equityri.com. Make sure you reach out to our guest as well. You can always find their contact information in the show notes below. If you have not subscribed already, what are you waiting for? Join the family. And while you're at it, leave us a five-star review. This is how we tell if we're providing you with what you need for your journey. If there's someone you would like for me to interview, or if there's a subject matter you would like for me to cover, please let me know. Finally, if you're looking for additional information about real estate investing, go to equityrealestateblog.com, also youtube.com slash Marcus Maloney. Until next time, family, always enjoy the journey.